Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. This week we feature Miss Lisa Hopko-Laux from the Orange County Public Schools and Maitland Middle School in Orange County, Florida. Lisa is a violist and performs with the Brevard Symphony, and she has spent her entire teaching career at Maitland Middle School. She has received many accolades over the years, including superior ratings at the Florida Orchestra Association Music Performance Assessment, and has performed with her orchestras in Atlanta, Chicago, and New York. She has conducted all county orchestras throughout the state and served on the board of directors for the Florida Symphony Youth Orchestra. She's also been a summer faculty member for both the Florida West Coast Symphony and UCF String Workshop, and has served as an adjunct professor at Stetson University as an instructor of their Secondary Strings Methods course. Most recently, she was selected as the 2017-2018 Florida School Teacher of the Year by the Florida ASTA chapter. It is my pleasure to welcome Ms. Lisa Hopko-Laux. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. It means a lot to me. Well, it's, it's an honor to have you. And um, like I said, um, we worked together uh, when I was teaching down in, in Orlando. And, and Lisa has been there your entire career. Am I, am I correct to say that? You've, you've taught at, uh, at Maitland Middle School outside yes, this, of Orange County? This is my 23rd year teaching and 23rd year at Maitland Middle School. Wow. That is um, not something that most people can say to say at the, the same school um, at, uh, and it, I, it's amazing. I bet you've seen so many people come and go, particularly like principals come and go and you've had the years that were like up years and down years and, and all that in between. I don't know. You want, you want to tell us a little bit about that, about your experience of being at the same school for 23 years? Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a very old program, the winter park in Maitland area. So mm-hmm. it was surprising to me, that I was only the second full-time teacher. Um, Prior to that, it was an itinerant position shared with Winter Park High School, which again is mind-boggling that you would run both a middle school and a high school (laughs) program. And because it was itinerant, there was not a permanent classroom ever until Mm. they gave me a portable my first year teaching. So I had a portable for three years. five classes or six classes of anywhere from 80 to 160 kids in a portable. Wow. Nightmare (laughs) situation, lost a little bit of hearing, lost many instruments to humidity problems. I bet, especially down there, it's very humid and hot. It was amazing to me that I taught in such a miserable situation when the kids were so incredibly gifted and talented and we were still able to pull off such a high level of musicianship. (laughs) <laughs> so um, when you worked with me, I had gained a permanent classroom in the school, which was a converted chorus room, which I adored. Mm-hmm. And I remember that program, you had the built-in, you had the built-in steps. Exactly. The levels. The yeah. Style. The risers yep. built in. So you couldn't do much with that. 
No, but I still loved that room. Um, We had a rebuild uh, 11 years ago where they custom built an orchestra room for us. Wow. So we have one practice room, a locker room, an ensemble room, and an office for me. It's not as luxurious as the old suite where the chorus had the chorus orchestra room that I had, I think had seven practice rooms Mm -hmm. plus a locker room, plus a large ensemble room. It was, it was very nice. So um, yeah, I've seen a lot of changes over the years. I've seen a wide variety of talent levels come through. Um, Very, very sweet kids, great parents historically in our area. And um, this is of course the pandemic and the most unique (laughs) challenge that nobody ever expected. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, never in a million years would I have thought that I would be teaching this way. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about um, what, what, how, how your schedule is working and, you know, are you hybrid? Are you all, I know that you, you've been face-to-face, but is everybody face-to-face? Could you tell us a little bit about your situation? So for Maitland Middle as a whole, we, our first marking period probably had about 30% of our population face-to-face. And um, now we're more like 60, 40, 60% face-to-face and 40% still at home. Wow, okay. With the new year, with the new marking period approaching, I expect that we will have probably, from what the kids have said, more like 80% back on campus. Wow, okay. Only your high-risk kids staying at home or many of my students are related to first responders. So they are choosing to stay home because they don't want to be spreaders. Right. Um, Responsible. Yes, it is. It's very nice. Um, (laughs) So I forgot to mention that over the course of the years, I don't just teach orchestra. We added a guitar program on around a dozen years ago. So my current schedule is four periods of orchestra and two periods of beginning guitar. So four orchestras are different levels, Um, beginning, intermediate, advanced, and then my top group. Then does someone teach um, an advanced guitar class too, or is it just beginning and that's all they get? We used to have advanced guitar last year, but um, not to throw my guidance counselor under the bus, but we had one guidance counselor who only scheduled a whole bunch of eighth graders. So there was no seventh grade Got it. Bunch of kids to feed the advanced guitar. So mm-hmm. we just opted for beginning guitar for two classes and then we'll bring it back next year. Is it a full year course or a semester course? Everything is full year. Got it. Okay. Yep. So yes, I am hybrid for all of those classes. At Maitland, we do have some teachers still teaching exclusively virtual from home because they are high risk. Oh, Normally wow. those are your core teachers only. Sure. Um, we have mostly organized the core classes to be all face-to-face or all virtual. And it's very rare that a core class is hybrid. Okay. So I would say there are probably 10 of us on campus as a whole that are teaching hybrid. Okay. Yeah. Of course, the most challenging subjects are hybrid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then um, you said that you had about 40% or 60% of your students back. Is that the school as a whole, or is that your orchestra program? Both. Okay. Both. Okay. Yeah. So mine, mine's not aligning. I think I mentioned this um, in the previous episode, but um, we have about 45, 50% of our students back, but I have 16% of my orchestra kids back. So wow. it's, yeah, I have classes of two, three, five, my biggest class is seven. Wow. And um, it's, yeah, so that's, it's, 
disheartening, but, um, you know, understandable and everybody has their own comfort level of what's working for them. So that's nice that you have at least a semi-large group uh, each day to work with. And so tell us how, uh, how you're um, going about with the hybrid and, and some things that are working really well for you or kind of how you're going about it. Like how, how is it going for you? Sure. So we have, um, obviously a camera. We use the ladybug camera currently that's focused on me. I do a double camera system. So the kids at home can see me from two perspectives. Mm -hmm. We have a smart board. We have all the screen shares that you would need. Um, we do have the actual smart technology that Mm -hmm. I could have them join with codes and use it that way. I found that to be just a little too many steps and too cumbersome. So I'm trying to make it as old school and normal as possible that we are trying to run basically an orchestra or a guitar program that is focused on the individual skills Mm -hmm. through this method. Um, I think the kids understand that this is really all that we can do is just work on ourselves. So there's a lot of method book stuff going on in my classroom. That's good. Yep. Tons of method books. Um, what method are you using? I am an essential elements girl, mm-hmm. both for guitar <laughs> and orchestra. But I do yeah. find with essential elements guitar, I need to supplement more with at least two other series. Okay. Um, for, for more repertoire. Exactly. More exercises, more repertoire. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that one moves a little too fast that they need oh, okay. more, more content for practice. Got it. Um, so. If you were to walk in my room, you would see me tuning the orchestra. Um, I have used your tuning um, YouTubes, mm-hmm. but now I'm finding that I want to go back to a little bit more old school and just, sure. just have a tuner that just is playing and I am not tied to a time limit to tune. Right. Um And making the kids listen and the kids at home obviously have been taught to tune to a visual tuner. Mm -hmm. So one thing that has helped me a lot is offering after school appointments for those kids that need help tuning or need tutoring or maintenance of any kind. Okay. Um, The first marking period I stayed after school three days a week and did maybe maximum of hour appointments, maybe four 15 minute appointments after school. Mm -hmm. And now I've been able to downsize it to two days a week and only offering one or two appointments. That's a lot of, Um, a lot of extra work. It is a lot of extra work, but I didn't see any other way to reach out to those kids at home. Right. I do have a couple kids at home who are not comfortable coming to campus at all all. whatsoever. So their parents have been taking their instrument to a local music store to get it tuned. Whatever works, I, I I recommend that. I have you know I'm at high school, so most of my kids can um, take care of their instruments. But I, I've had a few kids with some you know severe peg problems or whatever, and and so either they brought them in and dry, do like a drive up yep. thing, or you know go to the music store. But yeah, it's it that's definitely challenging, especially with your beginners. Um, I you know teaching beginners during this time has to be probably way more difficult than teaching them, you know, when you ha- have them face-to-face all, all at the same time. Yeah, that's the negative part of all this. So if you were to look at my beginning class, <laughs> um, especially my beginning orchestra class, 
there is such a wide variety of achievement levels. There are still students who do not have their instruments. They have not participated at all other than signing on to the conference. They don't play. They don't share their webcams. They have very little involvement. Now, as far as why don't they have instruments? Well, they had all those days that they could come in and check them out. We did have everyone else came on campus. I have done home deliveries too, but um, it's, it's frustrating that they still haven't gone to a music store or anything. And I I keep reaching out to the kid. What, what do we need to do to get you an instrument? What did you want to play? Well, I wanted to play cello. Okay. Let's go ahead and get this done. Let me talk to your mom while she's sleeping. Okay. So, I mean, there's just like excuse after excuse. There could be an underlying problem. We are looking at schedule changes at this point because the catch up may or may not be there. If the kid shows the initiative, I will stay after school for an additional day. I will come in before school, whatever they want me to do to make them successful. If they show me the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you could only do so much. And I, and I've realized the same thing and I had to give um, a little lecture to my students uh, this week um, because I know for a fact there are, you know, kids who are not taking their instruments out of their cases and they're logging into the meetings and then I call on them and I get nothing from them or we end the meeting and they're still on and I say, are you there? And they're not. And so it's, it's a, it's just a matter of at this point, especially with high school kids, um, a lot of it, it's a matter of just respect. And I said, you know, it's disrespectful to me, but it's really disrespectful to your classmates too, who are, are participating and, and know, and someday we will be back and you're going to be behind. And I had some, um, some playing tests submitted this week that were just abominable um, because, and we're playing, you know, probably two levels down from where we would normally play. So this is, this is music that kids, if they played along with us uh, in class, this is, you know, orchestral music, they played along with us during class, they should be able to pick it up. No problem. And I mean, I'm getting, and it was a month late, the test, and it was abominable. Like you couldn't even recognize anything. Yeah. Um, and Again, two levels below where the, the kid auditioned and should be playing. But if you're not practicing every day, you're not going to be able to do it. So it just kind of set me off a little bit this week. And, you know, I have to realize that everybody's in different situations and that we, you just to kind of discuss that. We don't know. But at the same time, um, I mean, I know this kid pretty well. And and um, if if he was actually responsive on the calls, then that would be one thing. But it was it was not. So I it's had to kind of. Yeah. It's, it's it's their education. It's their choice. It is. It is. But, you know, like, and then we've mentioned this multiple times on this podcast, but we all take what we do very personally. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> yeah. And this is a, another example of that. Yes. Um, so uh, to brag a little bit about how that may be decreasing the participation, um, we haven't talked about what systems I use. We have a Canvas. We are a Canvas school. Canvas, okay. Uh, which backs up to Skyward. So there's that. And then um, my bragging is about land school. We have land school currently. Land school is uh, kind of your big brother program where I have been able to load a class and see on my screen a snapshot of every kid's screen in my classroom. Wow. Well, now we just transferred to land school air. And as of yesterday, when I opened Land School Air, I can see every student's screen in my entire class, whether or not they're home or on campus. Wow. So you see their screen and what they're working on or what they... So, for instance, in Beginning Orchestra yesterday, I could see 
Well, you still, I would say only 50% of the kids have done the uh, restart on their computer to allow this software in. Once they, once they found out the it was. Like, like, Dude, don't restart your computer, man. You're going to have land school air if you restart your computer. And now the county is going to force restart. But um, so as of yesterday, day one, trying land school air, I booted it up and I saw about half of my kids screens. And of the half, I would say I saw half of the kids on the conference and then I saw the other half of the kids on YouTube or games or whatever. So we yep. can zoom into their screen. You can see what tabs are open. You can take a snapshot and send it to the parents and say, hey, this is what your kid was doing during fourth period beginning orchestra yesterday. Please encourage wow. them to be, oh yeah, please encourage wow. them. And they are not happy. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And, and I mean, I think that there might be some people that would claim privacy type issues, but at the same time, um, you know, it's a school device and the school district owns that device and expects the acceptable, you know, the kids, uh, you know, all probably have to sign a, an acceptable use agreement and all that. Yep. Right. Exactly. Wow. Every kid that I said something about land school, they're like, man, that's an invasion of privacy. I said, no, it's not. It's our device. And they were just quiet. Now, true, if the student is using their own personal device, Land School Air is not a component of that. Sure. And we do have a shortage of computers in Orange County Public okay. Schools. So we had a voluntary um, turn in. If you have a working computer with a webcam and you would like to share your school issued device with a student in need. And so we had a voluntary turn in. So okay. I would say out of a given class, I have one student who has their own device. Okay. Um, that's not, yeah. That's nothing. And generally that student is the overachiever anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah, have, kids, I, I have, I, we, go ahead. we have everything at Maitland. We have a kid learning from their second home in another state. Yeah. And then we have students who have, um, district issued hotspots because they're homeless. And right. they're living at a hotel. I, I have everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we have a great, a great deal of a diversity at, at Alpharetta too. And, um, you know, a lot of people will look at Maitland and go, Oh, well they have everything and all the kids have this. And I, I think I get that a little bit too, but we do have a lot of diversity and we do have kids, even, even kids who are, um, you know, financially well off and whatnot. I mean, now, now there's, there, there's all kinds of, um, you know, mental problems that are, that are, that are coming up with students and they're just, they're, they're having all kinds of mental health issues that, you know, yeah. so that's, that's a totally different, um, totally different thing, you know, to yes. uh, have to deal with. And some of my superstars just kind of, you know, fell off the planet and, um, now I'm, you know, they're, they finally, you know, are getting help or whatever. And then, um, now we're doing a whole bunch of makeup work to get them caught up. And, you know, I'm being very empathetic and, um, understanding with them because, you know, we, we can't even, I mean, it's hard on us as adults, but I can't even imagine what kids these days, you know, regardless of their age, but especially teens when, you know, with all the things that they deal with anyways, are having to go through and being, um, quarantined and, you know, just not having the things that they normally have. It's, it's definitely challenging. And so I, I, I try to be very understanding, but yeah. And that's where you go outside the method book for me. That's where I, I see those kids. I see the 
overachiever that you can tell is just bummed with their situation and mm-hmm. they're doing their job, but you can tell they're not a whole child. And then I've had the ones that have dropped out. Um, so one thing that I think I've always succeeded in is building an orchestra community in my program. Yes. And we would have movie nights and our kickoff party was called Orktoberfest and we'd have a field day and do games and um, secret Santas. Yeah. Any, any auxiliary programs that I can bring in to build the orchestra culture, I always have. And so this year, the first thing I did was order orchestra face masks. If we're going to have to wear face masks, then show your orchestra pride. That's a great idea. Yep. And I keep reaching out to my kids on what else they want to do to build community. So for Halloween, we had an instrument costume contest and they posted pictures of their dressed up instruments. What was adorable is when they did a a partner or a pair costume. I had um, a pirate and a wench with a violin, (laughs) a girl in a red dress. Um, we had Star Wars, the, the violin was Chewbacca and the kid was Darth Vader. I mean, That's that awesome. turned out to be cute. It was yeah. low participation, but the kids who did it mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. That's fantastic. Everyone enjoyed voting though. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, another auxiliary thing that I have not yet completed was, um, one of our local violinists and kind of a former student of mine is now the concert master of the Hamilton touring orchestra. Okay. And I have a lot of Hamill fans. So we did an interview with him that the kids are going to get to see. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. So um, anything like that, that helps spark and keep their interest. I think for the holidays right now, I'm reaching out to the kids via Padlet. Um, mm-hmm. Padlet is uh, an online bulletin board, so to speak, if right. you're not familiar with it. And post your ideas on how we should celebrate the holidays. And they're saying they want to do um, locker decorating contests, which is cool for me. We've done that in the past, but it doesn't reach to the at-home kids. Yeah. So I think we'll probably do a dress up your instrument for the holidays thing as as well. And um, the, the kids will tell you what they need. Yeah. Uh, they certainly will. And it takes a little bit more effort to dig into those kids that need the boost. A um, lot, lot of at home, I'm sorry, I'm sending a lot of positive letters home when I see an improvement. And I have seen kids that have come back face to face that are just finally blossoming. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we could all be back to face to face, but I don't think that that's going to be possible. No. Um, our school district is still allowing for choice come January 1st. Yeah. Or two. So um, any other things that I can do to reach out to the families and the kids to let them know that even though they're sitting at home, they are still part of our program. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I think um, community has been a, a challenge for me, particularly because I have so few face-to-face. Um, and um, I had to commend, I've commended my face-to-face kids because when there's two in a classroom or three in a classroom and we're, you know, they're all having to play, it, it's kind of like they're playing on their own almost. And uh, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery just to feel like, you you know, they're no- normally part of a large group. And, and now they're in this very, very small group. Um, it, it takes a lot of courage for them to play out and, um, you know, not be afraid to, to play. So I, I've commended my face-to-face kids a lot. And mm-hmm. I'll also commend my students who are, you know, on the ball with the cameras on and, and thank them. And, and by doing that, and then, you know, there are a few more cameras will pop on here and there because – 
And I think they'll kind of want that recognition too. So trying to uh, keep that going, but it, it definitely is challenging um, to, to be positive and, you know, and, and, and challenging to, uh, you know, there's not a lot, to, not as much to look forward to like the concert or the banquet, right. and, you know, that kind of thing that we're used to doing. And, and that's, that's kind of our goal. And, it kind of sets our curriculum and our lesson plans. It's like, okay, we've got a concert. Here's what we, we know what we have to do. We don't have to like plan it out so much. And when we're in this mode, it's kind of, I mean, it's, for me, it's requiring more planning. It's requiring, you know, more prep time, definitely more grading, more assignments. Um, I just feel like that's what I have to do um, to keep, keep everything going. Um, whereas, you know, the, uh, the, the pop quiz playing tests are like little section checks where you can just do, you know, checkoffs for assessments pretty hard to do now. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'm sticking to basically one assignment per week and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to alternate playing and something computer-based. Okay. Tell us us some of the, uh, uh, you know, obviously the the playing tests or things, you know, play an exercise from your book, but are you doing, what what other kind of supplemental uh, assignments are you giving? Get some ideas for our audience here. Sure thing. Um, Musictheory.net, yay, mm-hmm. everyone loves that kind of stuff. Um, yep. Any kind of assessment tools that I can grab easily and steal. Um, the Canvas Commons is a wonderful resource for that, or at least some inspiration. So that's um, a place where you can post your lessons or share, just da- literally steal and download other people's ideas. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, it's really nice to have that. Um Kahoot is a fun one that I'm exploring too. The kids at our school love Kahoot mm-hmm. and I'm starting to steal that for content or again, to try to give back when I create a good one, I post it. Sure. Um, we have recording built into our canvas. So okay. the kids just pop on what's called canvas studio and they play an excerpt for me of whatever, whatever we're doing there. And that does so audio, and, audio and video. I'm it's sorry, audio, audio and video. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Um, is it successful? I would say only about 50% of the time. The There's many kids hiding who will not turn in videos and they say that they are mm-hmm. afraid to record themselves. And I, I keep trying to say, well, okay, but here's the cool thing. You get multiple chances. When you play for me in a normal year, you get one chance and you're done. So they do like that aspect that they can go home, play whatever it is, exercise 46, two or three or four times until they like the recording. Yeah. And yay for us, then that just means they're practicing more. Right. So I have now offered the option of live performances mm-hmm. now that I'm more comfortable with the whole technology system and how many cameras are on me. I'm offering the choice to send in your video via studio or play live in the class. During, have, during class. Yes. Okay. So here we go. Today is test day. Does anyone want to play live and kid face to face plays and then kid raises his hand in the camera and I mm-hmm. unmute him and he plays for the class. So I would say that most kids still want to send it in via studio Okay. Um, and record it and send it to me. But a lot of my face to face kids are like, this is way easier. Oh my gosh. If I just play now, I'm done. I don't have right, to go. Right. Right. You don't have to go <laughs> log on and fight with the technology yeah. on it. So I think that I will keep that system for the rest of the year where they have a choice. That's I often great. offer a choice of which assessment to play too. I give them a choice of play number oh. 46 or 47. I just want to see that they are playing and learning. 
Now I'm not just doing method books. I am doing some orchestral stuff mm-hmm. and posting recordings on JW Pepper. So for instance, right now my top group is working on deck orations. Yes, I love that one. I love that one and they love it too. It's a little under their grade level. I would normally program something more aggressive for this time mm-hmm. of year. Um and they're about tapped out on it. Yeah. But again, it's something we can all play together. The sound quality when transferring from the school to the home is not great. So they are allowed to mute me as a conference while we play together. Uh, This whole pandemic teaching has definitely changed my pacing a lot. And I have to allow for more breaks. I think it's like twice as long. It's everything takes twice as long now. For me, that's what it feels like. It really does. (laughs) So we are passing out things like that and um, starting to do more sight reading. I'm toying with the idea of going into note flight next term and letting the students do some creations that way, because that is a very easy computer-based thing that we can all learn. Right. Yeah. And so they can start doing some notation. Um, but again, I, I, I fear that they feel like I do, which is, oh gosh, not another system to learn. Yeah. Um, that, that has been really tough for me personally and professionally to get over where you're faced with this whole thing. And then they're like, well, Hey, just put your Nearpod on your canvas. And I'm like, wait, what's Nearpod? <laughs> oh, it's a straight thing. Okay. So I start learning it and then they tell me about another system and I'm just like, okay, violist one thing at a time <laughs> here. Yeah. And, um, that learning curve is going to happen. I get a swivel camera now coming January yeah. 1st. I don't know those if anyone knows what those are. It's a little robot that follows me around. So yeah. I get, I think I'm going to feel more like an orchestra teacher in the future, but I just can't abandon those kids that are still sitting at home. They are still orchestra members and uh, I got to keep doing that. Now, as far as anything virtual, we are not exploring those options because we have such poor, I mean, we have a lot of technology, but the computer that we use in class is a uh, little $80 laptop and I don't see organizing that for anything virtual. So I'm hoping to be back on campus doing something. We our district is allowing for a performance of up to 25% capacity in the auditorium mask okay. and other protocols. So it appears that we will perform this year. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I am holding out for hopefully a spring concert. Yep. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be, and if we're able to do it, um, that, that will be, Amazing. Uh, I will be very, 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 very pleased if we can just do at least one concert. Um, I know we're talking about our LGPE, our festival um, here, and um, you know there, our, our district is requiring every school to take at least one group. Normally, I take five groups. Wow. But um, uh, with 20, 21 students face-to-face, I'm not sure how many virtual kids would come in. So that's what's going to happen um, in January is I'm going to kind of do a poll and see if we can do some after-school distanced rehearsals indoors. Um, and uh, of course everything depends on what happens with the cases. And our superintendent said yesterday that, um, he's confident we'll be able to make it through these last two weeks, but, uh, he's concerned about what's going to happen in January because it's just spiking. So, okay, you know, um, and I think it's spiking everywhere, but, um, it's going to, it's starting to, to really spike here in Atlanta. So, um, I'm concerned that, you know, 
they might, you know, go back to all virtual or who knows right. what's going to happen. So, but with 21 students face to face and I have 21 amongst my beginners through my top group, you know, my youngest group through my top group, it, it's super diverse. So to, to put them together in, in one ensemble would be not very, not very good. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I, I'm toying with the idea of having two separate concerts, mm-hmm. um, a youngsters concert for my little babies and yeah. um, then an upper concert for my advanced and chamber. Uh, our LGPE is what you call it, our MPA, MPA our evaluation. They're still collecting data. I'll be mm-hmm. honest, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be participating. Yeah. Um, just, and well, some of it comes down to my most high risk kid is my bass player. Yeah. I don't see her coming to campus at all. Ever. And she's right. my one bass player. So if yeah. we do go to MPA, can we just do comments only? Let's just let the kids play. And, right. um, it's been interesting to me how much this has, kind of wiped out our competition and what we do and made the entire world, not just the music community reset and find its priorities again. And we're all finding our priorities that we just want to keep the kids playing. Nobody cares how hard the music is anymore. Nobody cares. Are you better than anybody else? Nobody cares if they're first chair or last chair. Just play. Yeah, I, um, I agree. And I, I, um, I do think it's going to take some, some resetting, um, you know, in terms of, like the level that we were playing at, it's going to take us a while to get back there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, um, you know, that's concerning, but at the same time, you know, we just keep doing what we're doing and keep rebuild. We rebuild just like any corporation or anybody else has to rebuild after this time. We're going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all, we're all, all worried about numbers and, uh, you know, so that, that is a concern, you know, am I going to be able to have five, you know, five periods full of kids or am I going to cut down to four and do something else, which I can do, I guess. But, um, so that, yeah, there's always those, those concerns. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of our listeners out there have the the same concerns. And, um, we have to also come up with some different ideas. Like, you know, at the high school, I could possibly start a true beginner group, you know, if that's what I have to do. And maybe it's a small class, but, um, you know, with the right determination, you, it's amazing what kids can do in just a year, uh, especially if they're, you know, really focused and, and uh, they might be able to get close to catching up to everybody else, you know. So those are some different options or um, alternative styles or um, we have already we already have a big music tech program at our school and um, we have guitar and we have keyboard and chorus band orchestra. So we already have kind of the full gamut and those those positions are covered. So it's almost a matter of maybe coming up even with something different, even more different than what's been done before. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I do hope we all have jobs. Orange County is really committed to maintaining the arts. Mm -hmm. Um, I just hope that we maintain 75% of what we've done, like the framework of all that we've achieved over the years. I I really hope that we don't have to cut string teachers because yeah. we are now able to brag that there is a string program in every secondary school. That is amazing. County. Um, now that doesn't mean there's a string teacher in every school. Uh, many times they're just offering one or two classes run through the band or chorus. Sure. So that's where our County has been focusing its efforts as a string faculty is to help those teachers become more familiar with those strings. And then probably 70% of our teachers are still string teachers 
Um, so I hope that we don't have to start doing a lot of itinerant work in the future just to keep our strength programs alive. Yeah, uh, we're too strong, and there's there's no reason why we should have to go too far back. Let's just maintain and push forward. Right. Well, I I you know I recall my days teaching in Orange County, and I just one of the things I miss about uh, being there is just the the people were always awesome and, and they did pull together and, and uh, just there's great camaraderie there. And it um, really is. It's a family. It is amazing. There's such, um, it's such a unique situation that, that you've got so many teachers that have been around as long as I have. And you get these newbies, the first, second, third year <laughs> teachers that we take under our wing. Um, it's so heart filling to see so many of my former interns wanting to teach and getting to teach in orange County. So I have this little mama duck and her little duckling interns family (laughs) thing going on. Um, I really, I, I love our faculty with all my heart. They are my family. Yep. Yep. I, I enjoyed being a part of that, um, a lot. And, uh, like I said, that's, I think what I miss most about um, teaching there because it was just it was it was a great community. Oh yeah, oh yeah, great people. So and uh, uh, one of the highlights last year was at uh, Asta. You know when I got to when it was down there and uh, I got to see all of you guys and yeah, hang out a little bit and, and that was right before everything shut down and everybody was a little bit nervous but we were there and um, yeah, everything was okay. We didn't even I, realize how <laughs> where how we were going with this at that time, right? I remember seeing you going, you made it. And you were like, I don't know. It was weird though. This last plane flight, it was, like, it was a little scary that you were you know, hopefully going to get home and everything. It was almost, um, yeah, like I was on the cusp of uh, not being able to go, I think yeah. right there. And, um, but luckily it worked out and, uh, you know, but I think when we were there, we're like, Oh, by the fall, well, everything will be back to normal. And yeah, we didn't but, know. <laughs> and let's, let's, we keep hoping for the fall. I think that's my personal goal is, okay, I can do this for one year. Let's all wear our masks, do whatever is guidance. Let's keep those numbers down so that this is the only year that we can look back and just say, oh man, remember that year we got through it and we learned from it. We reset our priorities. That's really what I hope. Um, Doing this for two years, that's that's going to give me more gray hairs than I would be comfortable with. (laughs) Absolutely. It's what we will do. It's what yeah, we do. No, you do what you have to do. Um, I, I do think, though, that a lot of teachers are um, figuring out a lot of things that they wouldn't have had to figure out, you know, yeah. and uh, learning a lot and um, bringing on tools that um, are valuable even when we go back to normal. Like I know that there are certain tools that, that I'm going to continue to use and some strategies I'm going to continue to use um, to save time in class and, and um, you know, automate some things and you know, I've always been a techie guy, but um, yes. <laughs> even now I've had to do even more. And uh, it's it's really been kind of a great learning experience. So um, I, I fear that, um, you know, a lot of this virtual stuff is going to, they're going to try to replace the face-to-face with virtual just because it's, it's easier and people don't have to leave, you know. Um, but one of the things I have liked is um, um, I have six-period planning and I get to school really, really, really early. So um, then nobody has a problem with me, you know, taking off uh, a few minutes earlier than um, when we're required to because I get there so so early. But um, when we have like an after school, um, you know, um, 504 meeting or a, a, a IEP meeting or something, I can be on the virtual call and not be at school or be, you know, on my way somewhere and um, <laughs> to an appointment, you know. And so that that is kind of, that has been kind of nice. 
It really has. I really, I do not mind virtual faculty meetings because they're one window. They're talking about their stuff that may or may not apply to me. And I'm over there grading and clicking through and learning and doing all that. And I'm, and whenever anyone asks, Hey, do you want to get together all face to face and do this thing? I'm kind of like, no, can we do it virtual? Cause we have become such yeah. great multitaskers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I would, since I've got this national platform, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, a, a lot of all those teachers who are sharing their content so freely like you oh, and you. Yeah. Anna uh, Radspinner and yes. um, just all of you that are out there saying, hey, I did this cool thing and here, everybody just take it if you want it. No charge. Use it. Tell me how you used it. That's the only payment I, I want. Right. You know? I love hearing when people, you know, say, oh, I, I, I like this video or this really helped me. I, I mean, that's what that's what makes me keep wanting to create more. Obviously, I'm cre- creating them for my students first yes. and foremost because that's what we're supposed to be doing. But, um, you know, if it works for you or works for someone else, that's wonderful. I just I love that. So that's so nice that you say that. And, um, yeah, there's so many great c- creators out there. Yeah, um, it's insane. And th- I know the time it takes to put together a YouTube and I know the more editing you do, the better you get and the faster you get. So it's almost an automatic process like you and your podcast. You said it may take 30 minutes at the end and put it together and we're all done. Yeah. But for you to just share this content so freely, it, it's really a lifesaver, all of you that are doing this. Well, that's that's really nice you say that. And um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I've gotten so much from other people. Um, and just ideas. And, you know, I told you before we started the podcast, the reason I do this is so that, you know, I can reflect as well. So it's for everybody, but it's also <laughs> selfishly, it's a little bit for me too, because I get to confirm and, um, you know, things that are going on when you're talking about, oh, you're not the only one that, you know, the cameras are off and you're struggling with this. And so it uh, it's just a, a really good um, reaffirmation, you know, for me to um, to be able to hear what you say and, and obviously yep. share, share all this great information. Yep. So um, any other uh, successes or things that you're, or things maybe you're concerned about? I know we've, we've hit on a lot already and um, you know, just a lot of great ideas and great content um, as we go through. I'm, I'm really proud of my kids that are making it work no matter what the kids that are sitting at home um, that just, miss playing with an all enveloping sound and the face to face mm-hmm. kids are getting that more um, with orchestra. I do have with the exception of bass, I have a full complement of instruments practically in every class. That's so great. Um, you're getting that, that around them. I think that my concerns are, like we talked about a little bit of the rebuilding and, mm-hmm. you know, will I ever get back to grade blah, blah, blah literature with that class? Right. I, I, I'm kind of shoving that off to the side. Um, my concerns are evaluative. Um, will the MPA process or our evaluation system take into effect what we've all been through? Mm-hmm. Um, but great teaching is still great teaching and great kids can still make things happen and you can still find things to inspire um, when we get back to normal. Um, so I'll just take that one day at a time. Of course, I worry about the kids that have fallen off the map. I worry about those kids that haven't ever been tuned and turned on their camera and I don't know what's going on. Um, that, that worries me that I'm going to have to do even more in the future. I'm sorry to say that, but like, 
am I going to have to hold kids back in a level that they were already at because they never turned on the camera and never came in for tutoring. Mm -hmm. But if they want to succeed, we can't just socially promote. And I'll explain what that means to them Um, Mm -hmm. because it's about, this is a skill-based thing. And if you still want to stick with this, then these are the skills you need to learn in order to get back on track. And you have, you have four levels and they're all ability-based, not grade-based. Correct. Yeah. That's super nice. It is. Um, I never complained about that at all. No, uh, no, yeah. I, pretty much everything um, in, in my county is grade-based. So, you know, you get the kids who are superstars and they're carrying the class, but then you have the kids who kind of have always sat in the back and are all timid. And then yeah. they come and then they come up to high school where we are ability-based. And um, then we have the students who like, they finally have to, to realize like, oh, I have to play. I am, you know, because the kids who are superstars have auditioned up and they're in the second level, third level or fourth level class for me. And now my first level class is all the kids who kind of sat in the back. So for me, it's, it's almost like working with true beginners, um, rebuilding skills and, you know, realizing, yeah, you have to hold your instrument this way and we have to have our left hand this way. And this is how we produce a good sound. So, um, I, I, I wish we were able to have that uh, ability-based levels at the middle school um, like we do at the high school, but it just, it's not that way. And the scheduling, that's how they, they're all, that's super nice though. You're, it makes yeah. all the difference in the Definitely world. Does. But the reason why we have ability-based is because we started in fourth grade. Ah, that's right. Yep. So we have all those string kids coming into sixth grade with two years experience. And uh, our school understands that two years experience is not the same as zero years experience. Yeah. Um, we still have a couple of cases this year, especially where it's like, Hey, they have to have a double block reading. So either you bump them up to chamber or they have to drop orchestra. Wow. And I I'm, I'm so proud of those kids because in a sink or swim situation, they learn to swim. And I, I just, I'm super proud of them. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. It is amazing um, what kids can do when they're given a challenge yeah. and determined, you know, they can really step up and I've just seen, I mean, I wouldn't call it a miracle, but it's, it's amazing. Like it just, and it warms my heart to, to see those kids that are, um, are, um, maybe have to having to take a class that, uh, is beyond them just because of scheduling. And then they just, they run with it and they, oh, they, they do getting they do. it. In yeah. fact, I know, I know for a fact that Santa Claus is going to be bringing him a new cello this year. Nice. Yep. Because of all the work that he did. And he now loves orchestra because he has been pushed so hard. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that, for, the, for that. Yeah. Kid. But he was in beginning last year and he had to jump two levels to the top group. And I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That, that's jump. grade 0.5 jumping to grade two right now. Yeah. Um, if not, a 2.5. So uh, I'm super proud of that kid, but I won't say whose name is because I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, Lisa, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, um, I, I'm so thankful for your friendship and um, everything that you've done for me. And then also our string community and, and all of your students. Um, they're so lucky to have you and, um, yeah, it's just, you're an amazing person. And I'm so grateful that uh, you were able to come on today and share um, your words of wisdom and your experiences with us. I really appreciate it. I, I just doing like every other teacher, I'm just trying to make what we've got work. And um, again, I appreciate all of you who are sharing content on 
national sites, YouTube, or our school orchestra teacher's Facebook. Sure. I click save on that thing more times than I can count. (laughs) I agree with you that in the future, when we are all face to face, I am going to be even more heavily armed with not just two tricks up my sleeve, but 15 for teaching every concept because of all that we've had to learn this year. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what we go through always makes us stronger. And, um, you know, as I, as I always am talking to people about just being grateful for what we do have and and the things that, uh, we can control and, um, just keep pushing forward with the things that we can't. Yep. Yep. So, but thank you again. And, uh, we will see all of you next time on the orchestra teacher podcast. Be sure to check out the description, uh, for, um, Lisa's bio and also her contact information. Should you want to reach out to her, um, for questions or any other kind of, um, engagements. So she's awesome to work with. And, uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Much love to you all. We'll see you guys later. You've been listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast.